Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. We have been recording from home for a whole year now. Incredible. Well, sort of. Anyway, more about that in a moment. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I'm joined once again by my good friend, Daily Mirror Royal editor, Russell Myers. Russell, nice to see you. Good morning. Good morning. And we're going to be gentle with Russell today because he's not feeling at his finest. So we'll be we'll be kind. No, but I have got different earphones in, so you you will be able to hear me. Apologise for my mishaps over the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, iPod, time lucky. The Donna mic, but look, we're back to old faithful. So hopefully, it won't be brushing against my jumper or be in the on the naughty step. Yeah, I'm stuck with the Madonna mic, so we'll see how we go. And Russell also has a very fine new haircut, courtesy of Mrs. Myers, which we'll be able to see on the Instagram later. So you can uh, give your verdict on her on her skills as a as a I don't know what, what do they call them crimper. She's a bar- crimper. That's crimper. The I love that tabloid word. It's amazing. <laughs> I think she's found her calling. I mean, it nearly led to divorce, but you know, we're we're, we're still uh, here. Everyone's still breathing, him- just about. Yeah, he keeps checking himself out in the Zoom video, <laughs> like like it's a mirror and fluffing his hair. But anyway, so such a diva, such a such a diva. <laughs> um, but so yeah, it was a year ago that we were last in the studio recording, and um, funnily enough, the the uh, the episode that time was called Sussex Statement Ruffles Feathers, and I, I feel like in some ways we're kind of we're kind of there all over again. And then the um, another episode title that we could also potentially recycle this week which is Meghan and Harry redefine royal we are Um, in the space-time continuum for real we are we are and um also I had that (laughs) had very happy memories come up on the Instagram of our 100th episode which again was was just over a year ago I should imagine we must be knocking on 150 now but um seeing my uh my general delight in that I well, I found the video highly. You were very happy. You were very happy. T- it was I very was. lovely. Was, very lovely. Yes. Dan. So if any of the any of the good friends who um sent the lovely messages at that hundredth episode are listening, then hello to you. And that's it still makes me smile when I think about it. So thank you to everybody to put that effort in there. Anyway, enough about all of that reminiscing. There's plenty of new stuff to talk about. Oh, we're on episode 154, Dan tells me from the are we? Gosh, we missed the we missed the party. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're a we wild a one. 
Cup of tea. Missed, <laughs> missed a lot of parties over the last year, Russell, to be fair. But anyway, one day um, we will... Uh, we, we no, will think, of, par- think of the party again. when we get together. Oh. oh, yes. Goodness me. All of us. All of us. Although I do still have plans for a virtual party, which I keep... I must put some more effort into. Anyway, more of that another time. So what are we going to be talking about today? There's going to be a lot of talk about the Sussexes first up. And then later on, we will be talking about... Prince Philip and the update there and also Princess Eugenie who's shared the lovely pictures of her baby and name so always nice to finish with something happy oh and there's some there's some new people getting involved at the palace so we can talk a bit about that as well but two people who have confirmed that they will not be involved at the palace are of course Meghan and Harry um, statements from both Buckingham Palace and the Sussexes at the end of last week confirming that essentially the separation period is over and the divorce complete is that a fair assessment Russell? I think it is a fair assessment before I go uh, you know and give my version of events I want to know what you think of the two statements Okay, so first of all, I'm going to read the two statements so that we have yes, them in our minds yeah, for yeah. context and for fairness. So the statement from Buckingham Palace was the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have confirmed to Her Majesty the Queen that they will not be returning as working members of the royal family. Following conversations with the Duke, the Queen has written confirming that in stepping away from the work of the royal family, it is not possible to continue with the responsibilities and duties that come with a life of public service. Now that is obviously the bit that has had huge amounts of discussion in which we will obviously be returning to. The honorary military appointments and royal patronages held by the Duke and Duchess will therefore be returned to Her Majesty before before being redistributed among working members of the royal family. We'll talk about those later on as well. While all are saddened by their decision, the Duke and Duchess remain much loved members of the family. So that was a statement from the palace, um, released as they traditionally do, I guess, by um, the sort of the rotor service and the, put out on Buckingham Palace headed note paper with, you know, release or however it came out. Um, and then the statement in response to it from the Sussexes was, as evidenced by their work over the past year, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex remain committed to their duty and service to the UK and around the world and have offered their continued support the organisations they have represented regardless of official role. We can all live a life of service. Service is universal. So I, um, to be honest, I think I think it's essentially a really unnecessary row where if the Buckingham Palace statement had been worded slightly differently, it wouldn't have been perceived as a row at all. It's, you know, it's not, they cannot continue with the responsibilities and duties that come with a life of royal service. You know, I think that which is what those royal patronages are, essentially are. Yes, they're part of public service, but ultimately they are royal service. And, you know, I do agree, service is universal. It's not just the royal family who live a life of service. If you look at, you know, the military or doctors and nurses and, you know, there are other people who do roles that are greater than themselves um and yes you might say well the only thing the royal family do is public service but actually it's not there's there's this yes it is public service but it's also service to the crown to ensure that that continues as an institution and it's not like that yes they you know the queen particularly has the red boxes and is is working hard but you know when she's going out riding on her horse that's her living her life as an individual and doing the things that she cares about and being able to 
do things for her own well-being which obviously you know having your own well-being helps you to deliver your your life of public service fine but I think you know I can understand why you wouldn't want to have the word royal again in that um in that sentence because they've said stepping away from the work of the royal family it is not possible to continue with the responsibilities and duties that come with a life of you know I just think if they'd said royal service we would have had none of this like you know sort of perception that it's a snippy statement and that essentially the Duke and Duchess of Sussex being perceived as saying that actually we're we're better and we are delivering and you know like which essentially they're saying we're choosing to live this life of service we don't want to be royal we don't want those trappings but we do want our life to be one that is for the general betterment of the world and find that is a you know interpretations and if Archwell has to be money making to be able them to do that and how they get that money you know those are things that we've talked a bit about before there's you know sort of again been a bit of a um discussion this week on the Spotify front which I know that you've talked about in the past about how there's you know an absolute massive check going to Harry and Meghan for doing their podcast but for artists that stream their music on there the kind of the the rate per stream is minuscule and um, one of the big Spotify bosses was um speaking in a select committee hearing when they essentially you know get people in and MPs ask them questions about how how different things work as they try to work out how to build legislation to you know as part of their public service you know MPs are and maybe MPs in some ways are most similar to the royal family because they are doing both the a duty to their community but also a duty to their party to try and keep their party in power it's not you know it's not sort of wholesome and whole wholly self-sacrificial you know all of these all of these things are you know for for the good of others but there is also a a selfish even if it may not be for the personal it may be for the team but there is a selfish need there as well so I mean, people wanting to do good things in the world should be applauded. And, you know, I'm sure you and I try, we don't, I don't think you and I live a life of public service, but I'm sure like we try to do things, I think, live lives as good people and good members of the community and um, make, a, make a difference. Like, anyway, so that's, that's me. I'll get off my high horse now. No, I think you've given a, a, a very fair assessment of it, to be honest. Um... I mean, obviously, I, I can. I didn't think the palace statement um, was that bad. I thought the, the real, the real thing I pulled out of it was the sadness and the, the fact that the Queen was, you know, talking about everyone is saddened by their decision, and obviously that does put, draw a line in the sand that there's them and us, and perhaps that could have been worded um, differently. But when you're talking about a palace statement on behalf of the Queen, talking of sadness once again, as she had done. Um, you know, this time last year when they were talking about the, the fact that they were going to, to, to set up on this new path, I think it's quite revealing. And that doesn't happen very often. And they, these are those sort of really historic moments that I think we've been led to to get to this stage. Um, I, th- You know, I would just go back to as a good Sunday Times story about how the, uh, the Duke of Cambridge is said to be really sad genuinely shocked by his brother's behavior towards the queen uh surrounding their um their departure uh i i, I like the source quotes uh, saying you know which is 
similar to what I've been hearing, which was don't don't disrespect your granny. It's don't answer the queen back. It's just not how it's done. And I think there was some more language in the in the reports during the the week from various sources connected to the um, other senior rules, calling the, the the statement petulant, saying that it was um, unnecessarily aggressive. And I have to agree. I'm afraid. I just I just thought that they could have really taken this opportunity to say, you know what, we're going on this path. Thanks, but no thanks. It wasn't for us. We believe we can. And, and fair enough, the, the, the concept of service is universal. I think you're totally right about that. There are many, many avenues to, to service, as we will, as you explained, and as we will find the Sussexes, um, no doubt, uh, discover. However, it could have been a, such a great opportunity to, to you know, be all encompassing and say, we really appreciate everything that has been done for us. Because what what really has have they lost out on? Harry's lost out on his military uh, titles and associations. I, whether Meghan is that bothered about losing the patronages, I'm not sure she is. Because if she if she's a uh, a patron of the National Theatre, well, arguably that just, that needs some real attention and focus, uh, not only for for that organisation but for grassroots the uh, the grassroots aspects of the arts in this country have been, you know, been desecrated because of the coronavirus. That is a arguably like a full-time job someone needs to be really really promoting that and you can't do that from LA so if that was the decision they've taken then they should have just walked away from them rather than saying we want it all and we want to carry on these associations and you know where we might be back in a few months or we might be back next year it doesn't really work like that and regardless of whether there are um Certain a handful of royal events with a patronage with a patronage. Um, I do think there is a lot of work behind the scenes, and that needs to be in the royal bubble. That needs to have palace aides and quarters working on with those associations to be putting ideas in front of the uh, the relevant member of the royal family who has that patronage. And that just wouldn't have worked. And I have to agree. I did think um, this was a huge, huge missed opportunity on behalf of the Sussexes and it just came across as rather sad I thought. Mm. Um, we'll come come back to that because there's a couple of really good comments from listeners who are on both sides of the fence so we'll bring those in in a minute. I just wanted to sort of unpick the sort of blow by blow of what is in that statement because it's all quite sort of formal language so essentially the first sentence is saying Meghan and Harry said no we're not coming back to work we're not going we're not going to do this full-time anymore we're quite happy in America we've got this new life um we don't we don't need to um and then the queen has had conversations with harry essentially explaining well you know we're really sad that that has that that's how you feel i'm really sorry but when you're living your life in that way i just don't see how you can carry on doing the jobs that i gave you so i'm going to give them to other people um and and she was sad about it and and that but it's it's essentially they they've said we're not we're not coming back to the roles within the family and therefore she said okay well I'm sorry the patronages are going to come back and they can't they can't sort of remain in suspension forever these are organizations that that do need support I mean some of them are really major things and again we'll come back come back to that shortly but I, I do just want to say like in some ways none of this none of this is surprising at all 
it's the I mean possibly it's the you know whether there's a bit of a perception of did they jump before they were pushed in that this statement you know the, the mood music had been that the patronages were going to be taken away because of it, it wasn't um you know sort of feasible but equally that is it's because they weren't coming back to being working members of the royal family and there's various people that I've seen I've seen this kind of conversation a lot on Twitter essentially why would Meghan and Harry why would they come back they chose to leave then the people that they decided to leave because they didn't the people had been mean to them so they left then the people all mean to them about leaving and complained that they left and said you know we were really nice to you when Meghan and Harry thought they were really horrible to them we were really nice to you now we're being really mean to you but we still want you to come back and it's that sort of that there are certainly some areas that perceive that you know the why why would Harry and Meghan want to come back when all they've had in the UK is criticism for leaving so it rather than you know, it's not like everyone's been like, oh, my goodness, please come back. We cannot possibly cope without you. I, I, it's more I'm like we're di- angry I'm, that you've left. No, I think I think they were, have been criticised for the manner in which they have gone about it. I think there is some support um, and perhaps, a, you know, a, 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 there would have been a groundswell of support for people saying, well, you know, let's say service is universal and they can set up a huge charitable foundation and they can use the money that by using the power of celebrity for both of them being two of the most famous people in the world to earn tens of millions of dollars, to plow that into a foundation, to build roofs on, you know, community centers like they've done this week, which is very, very commendable. um, And to just live a life of service in a different way by using the power of their celebrity. If that had been the case and they had put together that case, I think they really would have been, you know what? Why should Harry play second fiddle? Charles wanted a slim down monarchy. He's always said it. Harry probably just d- does feel pushed to the side somewhat. Now he's got this, uh, you know, wonderful, vivacious wife who knows how to play the celebrity game, to knows how to use their fame to earn money and to do charitable work, which she'd done in the past. But it wasn't like that. It was, we want, we want it all. Well, we can't have it all now. And so that now we're going to kick off and we're going to release these statements. And I just think it's just been a disaster. Um, and surely this would have been an ample opportunity to take stock and say, you know what? We're living in this beautiful house in California. We've earned loads of money. We've set up our foundation. It's going to be massive. There's a huge groundswell of support perhaps in America and elsewhere outside of the UK. So let's just forget about them and we'll go and make it a success. But no, they had to once again uh, release an inflammatory statement and uh, and it just doesn't go away. It's just, I, I, I just don't understand what the logic is of doing that. You know, where where is the, if they were upset about the Queen's statement, they, they had time to change it. And I understand that there had been a lot of wrangling about putting out a, a joint statement and wordings that would surround that and they couldn't agree so you just you, that tells you an awful about the, uh, the, the the feelings and the emotions that are running so high still a year later and I just think if it was me I would say I'm just walking away from this I don't need the drama <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, 
but I just think it, it surely it's it's got to be more simple than that. But I think, Why I think wind it's... yourself up about it all the time? Oh. Because that's what that that statement comes out, out as that you're just wound up all the time and oh, everyone's just stressed. It just it just doesn't need to be like that. They've been given the opportunity to leave by the Queen. Be, well, be, hang on, they're on not prisoners. Well, no, but they've no, but they've had the. I mean, but they've had the Queen's blessing, right? They've had the Queen's blessing. Understandably, there was a fallout. William um, probably does feel that he's he's he has more of a burden. Certainly, he he is going to have to take on more responsibility and more work. Um, whether that translates into absolute more work, but it, 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 no doubt the the other members of the royal family probably do feel that they you know, there, there is a missed opportunity here, and Harry and Meghan could have been front and centre of that um, slim-down monarchy and they could have been doing big tours. You know, look at look at that concept either. You're missing out on on a, a whole raft of success. You know, it's tours I've been on them with Australia, Ireland, uh, South Southern um, Africa. But Apart from when do... they torpedoed their own tour by blaming the press for all, all the ills they... in the world. You know, other people who aren't royals travel and do visits and things. I mean, you know, Meghan did did visits as part of her work with um Yeah, but it's uni- not brand UNICEF. royal, is it? It's not brand royal, is it? That's so you I'm don't have to be the, royal. No, but I'm talking about the royal family have missed out on that. Yes, so they, yeah, yeah. They've okay. missed, so they've missed out. Yes, uh, Harry and Meghan probably will do. Imagine they do do a tour and they invite a select bunch. They do do it like their own royal rotor they invite a select bunch of their favorite journalists to accompany on them netflix documentary crew i mean it's going to be like all singing or dancing won't it and it will be very polished because they will handpick the journalists to go on the tour and you can bet that it will just be all favorable coverage oh look at them they're amazing doing all this amazing stuff so i think the if it had been kept in house and no doubt the royal family see that as a missed opportunity because it's when they go on these huge tours you know australia was like the beatles coming to town it was there was thousands and thousands of people on the street raving union jacks thinking how great the monarchy is and when the monarchy changes hands that is going to be a harder job for Charles or William or the next, you know, the next set because of the Queen is absolutely adored and revered around the world. Um, and whether so that attitude will change, change because of the way Harry and Meghan have been treated. So I have another theory as well. I think it's a little bit about the, they're not subscribers to the never complain, never explain theory that we've kind of seen repeatedly. So rather than just letting it go, there are people just like, I've got to have the final word. I'm going to have my say on this and that's going to, that's then going to draw a line under it. So rather than leaving it. Anyway, right. Here are the two comments from two listeners who are regular correspondents, actually. So thanks for getting in touch again. So Sharon Ann says, the statement from Harry and Meghan about public service being universal was grating. Like many statements the couple have made over the last 18 months, it felt petulant and petty. It reminded me of a child getting in trouble at school, interrupting the teacher to blame someone else for their actions and then stomping off in a huff saying, no one understands. Just you wait and see what I can do. The comment services universal left a bad taste in the mouth, like when they said the Queen doesn't own the word royal. And how much public service will they be engaged with in future when the actions of Harry and Meghan will be tied to Archwell, a profit organisation? 
So Sharon Ann is on that side of the fence. Catherine and Kyle Lyle says, you read something from one of your listeners that claimed that people were only interested in Harry and Meghan because of their association with the royals and that they didn't have enough of a history of public service. I'm not sure that it was the public service bit, but certainly that they 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 were leveraging their kind of royal connections essentially if the interest in them is all about being royal why don't the cambridges generate the same level of interest william is second in line but the cambridges have never generated the level of global interest the sussexes have their profile and popularity increased after it was announced they were leaving i know that's not true in the uk but clearly it's not about the royal association and as for public service harry served 10 years in the military he started center barley when he was 19 and founded invictus i could go on but his resume of public service service is well established so is Megan's she has been volunteering since childhood she interned at the UN she's advocated and fundraised for causes ranging from homelessness to girls education to access to clean water her advocacy work led her to be selected to give a speech to the General Assembly at the UN all before she met Harry so I mean if I can sit right on the fence I probably well I, I'm not sure do I agree with the statement of being petulant yes I mean I probably do so I think I agree with both Sharon Ann and Catherine Carlisle and I think it's just a shame that they couldn't you know like have worked out that joint statement and just had the whole thing be a little bit simpler but there we go just heal the the, the wounds like these wounds are gaping and this and it's just it's almost like just we're just going to wind them up one more time and whether you know whether that's either, so I I don't think the the, the we've still got Oprah to was come. inflammatory. Huh? We've still got Oprah to come. Oh my word! Gosh, what is going to happen there? I just don't think the the palace statement was that inflammatory, and it was it was almost like it was just rage because this statement was put out a couple of minutes later. So it's like right, we're just going to respond to it straight away. Um, I just don't think it was that wise, and I. And we do have Oprah to come. What's your What's your view? You think it's going to be explosive, Oprah. or it'll be it'll be? So, so there's something I read about how Meghan had felt like her voice had been taken away. So, you know, as Catherine's sort of posts um, shared, like she did, she did have a a strong voice that she put out there, and I can imagine that when you're used to doing that, it's a bit like when you're older and you get married and you've spent a long time being able to kind of live independently and do what you like, and then suddenly now you're you're married and you've got to take your other person into account and they they always have to kind of deal with that a bit but you know she'd had her own voice and could do her own thing and then suddenly she's in the royal family and it's all got to be sort of measured and tempered and um put through processes before she you know working out what to do and that and not being allowed to use her social media anymore and that kind of thing and that going on Oprah is the biggest way to take back her voice so that was interesting I think there's I think there is a lot of debate about um you know is Oprah going to be softball versus actually Oprah gets to the heart of emotions and it being personal and that she was trying to get an interview with Prince Charles back in the day to talk about rainforests and his people were like yeah we know she wants to talk about rainforests but it will inevitably end up being about more than rainforests and personal and uh, you know he's he he'd gone down that route before with um Dimbleby and regretted it and and all of that kind of thing and it's that um you know that probably well, okay okay so let's let's use that oh. analogy of 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 relationship and it's about compromise so you just can't be in a relationship once you're, you you've been living alone and you probably are quite selfish and you're set in your ways but when you are in a relationship you you have to have compromise in order to be successful right so 
Why, why on earth is that then translated into, oh, well, Megan just wanted to do it all her own way. She didn't want to, she wanted to hit the ground running. And these are, these are all admirable traits, yes. But w w within two years, you've just ridden a train through the whole institution. So, and it's just saying, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. We need to do this. We need to, we need to crack on with this. Well, Again, there, there were ways of doing things. And I don't subscribe to the whole thing of, yes, she should have just fitted into the monarchy way of things. It's an, it's an archaic institution, right? So it's, it's, it's there to be criticised. And yes, they could have really revolutionised it, dragged it into the 21st century, or even the 20th century sometimes. But I'd, yeah, compromise is the thing that keeps coming back to me. And they were not willing to give an inch. And so therefore that's the problem um and and both sides have lost out in my view so right I, one of our listeners said um so this is kind of a going back to we obviously had the conversation about privacy privacy tomato tomato um last week and Bridget Reyes kind of pushed back and said all anyone ever talks about is how Harry and Meghan want privacy but if you look at their statement they never said they wanted to go away and be hermits it would be fair if you read their statement again on air so people could be reminded of their actual words I'd be surprised if you actually did that because it's easier to keep beating them up with a big lie you keep telling I don't think we're telling lies but respect your view Bridget also their story has been told by everyone it's about time we get to hear them tell their story so this is in response to sort of you know them going and talking about their lives on Oprah so I've, I've gone back over the statements like it's what is it 14 months since they since they first announced that they were going um so that very first statement about leaving put out on their Instagram back when they still use the Instagram um so the kind of the key highlights there were they were that they wanted a progressive new role within this institution and work to become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen so that was their sort of have their cake and eat it statement really sort of initially then obviously there was the Sandringham summit um the statement then came out from Buckingham Palace um so probably about kind of set they'd found a constructive and supportive way forward um and then probably the key line in there which I think was interesting and feeds into the discussion about privacy and the kind of life they want to live or the pressure they felt they were under I recognize the challenges they have experienced as a result of intense scrutiny over the last two years and support their wish for a more independent life which is an interesting um way of putting it um so the February website statement which was the one that we're talking about at the top of the show that sort of ruffled feathers when it went out although I think some edits were made to it afterwards possibly so this may not have been the original version anyway the royal family respect and understand the wish of the duke and duchess of suffolk sussex to live a more independent life as a family by removing the supposed quote public interest justification for media intrusion into their lives they remain a valued part of her majesty's family the duke and duchess of sussex will become privately members of the privately funded members of the royal family with permission to earn their own income and the ability to pursue their own private charitable interests as shared in early January on this website, the Duke and Duch Duchess of Sussex do not plan to start a foundation, but rather intend to develop a new way to effect change and complement the efforts made by so many excellent foundations globally. So I thought it was interesting to look at these statements partly as a around the sort of the privacy question. And I know that a large amount of the, the stuff around privacy is actually because there was the court case and that sort of legal definition of privacy and the 
we've kind of talked about it a bit in the past where if you are taking money from the public purse then arguably people feel like they own you a bit more and have a bit more right to know stuff about your life or how you've decorated your house with our money or or that kind of thing so I think that there are layers there are layers of privacy um for me um and then in terms of yeah I just thought it was interesting in terms of how they set out for what they wanted versus where they've got to sort of revisiting those elements of of the statement and you know everything has everything has changed upside down in everybody's lives over the last 14 months but how do you how do you think they will be feeling in terms of their progress towards their original goals or have yeah they- well I mean, they've lost out, haven't they? They wanted it all. They wanted to keep the associations and trade off the the royal name. Undoubtedly, they wanted Sussex Royal. They wanted to. Harry wanted to have his military associations. Whether Meghan um, was that um, bothered about keeping them, I'm not too sure. Because for the reasons I explained earlier about the National Theatre having to be as prestigious as it is you'd need to be in this country. And 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 to be honest, once you're living in LA, Megan only lived here for less than two years. What does she know about grassroots? Um, the, grass, the, the, the needs of the grassroots arts industry in the UK, very little, one would argue, because she's not living here. So I'm sure that she will be able to do something like that in, in the US. Um, I, I think Harry is particularly wounded that the fact that he's had to give up these military associations um, and one can definitely understand that, why he would have wanted to keep them. But also one can understand that you have to be a working member of the royal family in order to have those associations. Why Why would the Captain General of the Royal Marines um, or any association with the RAF live in the United States of America? It doesn't make sense. So surely one would have said well I'm getting this uh, I'm losing this and again I come back to compromise I just don't think he they were willing to compromise and that has been their downfall um well they're going to set up this hugely successful uh Archwell foundation they've made an awful lot of money at an incredible speed and so I do think that they will be feeling a little bit bruised but was I, I would say the future looks bright, but we haven't seen the Oprah and um, documentary. And I do think this is a major, major issue. Yeah, I keep coming back to the history of these types of um, interviews. They are disastrous. Just but who's it at... going to be disastrous for? Is well, this not, more likely think... to be disastrous for the royal family yeah, than maybe, for them? But, but look, I don't think Meghan came across very uh, came across very well when she 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 looked doe eyed to Tom Bradby and said, "Well, nobody's asked me if I'm okay." I don't I don't think that was the case. I, I think that's widely accepted that that wasn't the case. I don't. I, mean, I think it's. Um, I think probably Meghan is Marmite. Like you either love her, or, I mean, hater is a bit too strong. But like you're, you either you're either in the Megan camp or you're a bit like I don't quite get it. And you know, we've kind of talked talked before. Like I don't think either you or I are like high level yoga practitioner. Okay, well let's look at Harry. Harry, folks. Let me let me just. Let, I've had my just, vegan coffee this morning, actually. So well, look know. at you. <laughs> let me just let me just share this comment from Amy Russell Scruggs because I think this kind of feeds into to. A, a, 
useful part of the conversation says hello from oxford oxford mississippi usa hello amy um i love your podcast because it gives us an insight of what brits think about the royal news that we all read and hear about as an american i tend to sympathize with megan and certainly want them to be happy my question is do you think most british people believe that megan is a troublemaker or are they more mad at harry for seemingly turning his back on his family in my opinion megan's obligation is to her nuclear family and doing what is best for them but Harry, on the other hand, well, it's more complicated. Thank you for the good insight. Keep up the good work. So, so I think, I think it's always easy to blame the newcomer, particularly when they're kind of, you know. The, yeah, I don't think she's a troublemaker. I think Harry was always he was always ready to leave, and he got he got an ally who said, "What are you What are you doing here?" Is it right? Let's go, let's go let's to America. Go. Let's go. Like, like, you don't need to be doing this. And if he was unhappy, then then sure. Then you know your happiness is everything, right? If you're unhappy, what is the point? So if you're happy in your job, leave your job. If you if can you're afford unhappy to, which in they a relationship, could. If you're happy in a relationship, and you can leave the relationship. So he that was both of his, right? Um, I just don't know. I think that maybe shifting it back a little bit, maybe think people, Harry didn't come across very well when he's saying to a documentary crew, every flash of a camera, every lens that I see sends me back. It's torturous. And then he's posing in, you know, for Vogue magazine uh, photographers to release a picture of about his upcoming baby or his, you know, everything has to... You don't, think, you don't, you can't, I think it's, I think, you know, you don't, I, don't you know. Don't, I think we, can, you, we cannot know what it, criticism. I, yes, I can see that. But equally, we don't know what it, thank, mercifully, neither of us knows what it was like to lose our mother in a car crash when we were a teenager and sort of have the eyes of the world on us and, and, and that kind of thing. And that after, you know, the, already to kind of the distress of his the breakdown of his parents relationship then losing his mother and clearly that has de- deeply deeply affected him as I'm, as I'm sure it would um you know as I'm sure it would anybody so and there is a huge difference to having sort of you know uh sort of photo- camera a camera put up in your face which realistically with the royals partly because of what happened to diana there isn't you know the the scrum outside the lindo wing is a is a rarity but it is all it is all fenced in and and things although i guess we saw um when eugenie was leaving hospital there was a sort of a, a scrum around the car and that and that kind of situation but there's a difference there's a difference between walking down a red carpet and having flashbulbs going off at you where you know it's going to be happening versus what was clearly a very different climate when his mum was alive and sort of um you know the the rules of engagement I think were different and how how paparazzi operated was well I I mean I I don't know but I I think it's I think you know I I can there is a difference between essentially asking a photographer can you take a picture of me and my family or asking a friend even can you take a picture of me and my family or being you know candid cameraed as you're walking down the street just going about your daily life anyway let's move let's move on let's a move bit. on because we're yes, going to play let's... fantasy football with the patronages who oh, should yeah. get what who should get what which one oh, do you I want saw, i saw <laughs> what i want little ships you want little ships <laughs> 
I just oh, that's, that's really so cool. Me. How cool is that? It's like, yeah. Very what, cool. you, what do you do? Cool. Cap- Captain of Little, little Ships. Um, I saw... Um, the Princess Anne has been widely talked about as taking oh, charge that. of the Royal Marines. Kayla Adams was doing a, uh, a very interesting poll I saw on Twitter. And she was sort of saying, who do you think will get what? And I thought that some of the answers were quite spot on. So I've got, some, I've got some answers from our listeners as well. Um, so... Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I'd totally forgotten that Prince Edward had quit his Royal Marines training that, back in the day, therefore yeah. putting, putting him out of the running. <laughs> being in charge he's of the he's Royal definitely Marines. not in the running. I can, you know, don't, the smart money is not on him. It, it, I mean, it, that's basically a shoo-in for Princess Anne, isn't it, essentially? And then uh, yes. the other military roles that Harry had, I think certainly one of them, at least one of them, it was the first time they'd had a royal this sort of appointment had been made so they they probably won't necessarily get another get a replacement um so what else have we got we've got the queen's commonwealth trust and the association of commonwealth universities which i think is relative relatively easy to give those out sophie wessex i think would be a good one for both of those see this i think this also goes back to the universities one i reckon we t- I think we tend to think about giving stuff to Sophie rather than giving stuff to Edward. Poor Edward. Well, no, maybe maybe they will. I I've got a, a bet on with myself that they will. Um, they could take over the uh, the Queen's Commonwealth Trust, president doing, and vice president. I think that would be a great like one. Harry and Meghan well, definitely because it will be a great double act. They they do a lot of stuff in the Commonwealth. Look at Sophie's pedigree over the last few years. She's been in mm-hmm. Uganda. She was in Sierra Leone as well, I think. Maybe Uganda made yep. that up, but she's certainly been uh, doing some great work in Africa about girls' education, about vi- you know uh, gender-based violence. Uh, which I think Megan was in that sphere, but Sophie was doing it a lot long, longer before, long time before her. Um, so it would be a very, very good fit for both of those. And I now think she- there is an appetite for Sophie to be getting more airtime. And maybe yep. we'll see Edward revealing a couple of plaques because it, as he does so fancily. <laughs> <laughs> um, National Theatre. I think this is the one where it's interesting. It could go in different directions maybe i could see kate doing that i guess she so william's got bafta hasn't he um again i don't think that kate will be chosen because it is seen as an inflammatory move i think that that i mean prince edward was muted for that um during the week maybe a good one because he's he's also mm, he's Patron of the National Youth Theatre, and he's a thesp as well. So, uh, yeah, broadcasting background. So, yes, I think that would be a good fit. So, I think those ones are relatively easy. The ones that I think are difficult are the Rugby Football Union and the Rugby Football League. So, um, you know, and I think as well as the military appointments, I think losing these will kind of make Harry a bit sad as well because we he used to love going. He used to love going to watch the rugger. Definitely, you know, this is one of the. This is what I think Meghan really missed out on during her time as the as a member of the royal family. She did not go to a Six Nations match that one year that she or that one year that she was here and and uh, you know sort of living a royal life. I don't know. Well, she, I think odd. she was pregnant. I think she was pregnant. So maybe you don't want to go to Twickenham when it, when you're, yeah, you know, got, got a bump. But anyway, um, you know, the Six Nations is, is a great thing. William and, so I think, didn't William and Harry toss a coin for who got England and who got Wales back in the day? I've heard that, yeah, yeah. So so we've seen William and Kate 
at, at watching the Welsh rugby um, and you know singing the Welsh national anthem, which shamefully I still have not learned, despite being married to a Welshman. Oh, it's a corker as well, isn't it? It's a it real is. It's brilliant. Ra- rabble rouser. It's great. It's brilliant. And it, so England and Wales are playing each other this Saturday in the rugby. Um, so anyway, that's always interesting. And for this reason, I know that Kate cannot really be char- taking charge of the English Rugby Football Union when her husband has got the Welsh Rugby Football Union. So you can't divide it up, even though she is, you know, she's clearly very sporty and does a lot of sporty things. We've seen her at the rugby with William and and Harry together, I think. So, you know, she would have been someone who I think it would fit with. Um, I don't really see it as an Edward thing. I suspect it may end up having to be an Edward thing. It almost feels more like a Sophie thing. She feels a bit more sort of, you know, jolly hockey sticks and, and that kind of thing. However... One of the questions I feel like is, can they essentially recruit some extra royals to their working royal family? Because Prince Andrew's obviously out of the picture. There's not a lot of grown-ups around to take stuff on. Um, I don't think Beatrice and Eugenie would be good people for the Rugby Youth Football Union. Zara would be great. Zara and Mike together. <gasps> yeah, Mike, but you can't really Mike's bring... the World Cup winner. Oh, 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 yeah, you could do. I mean... And does it need to be a royal patronage? Can he just, like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. No, it is. It would be a good fit. It would be a good fit. But I think that would then go against the spirit of them taking them away from them, right? That is true. That is very true. But it would be a great appointment, I'm sure. A very popular one as well. But if Mike Tindall Tindall changed his, if you said like, right, I'm available, I'm available to step up and be full-time working royal. Um, I mean, Zara might be like, I'm nearly ready to retire from the event. I mean, Princess Anne was doing the eventing. That's kind of a different kind of thing or whatever. But I'm ready to do my roiling along with the eventing. I know that wasn't originally the plan, but Granny, I see you're in a bit of a pickle. See? Um, my My cousin's gone to live in America. My uncle, he can't go to work anymore. So if you need me, I'm available. <laughs> it sounds also, so simple, doesn't it? Uh, Why just I mean, put us in charge? Just put well, us in charge. I mean, well, as I previously mentioned, I don't think I could take on the English Rugby Football Union. However, Russell, would you be available to take on the rugby? I'm a bit busy at the moment. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can always fit it in on a Tuesday afternoon, perhaps. And we should, we should mention the Rugby Football League as well, which is the other code of rugby, um, which is the 13-man rather than the 15-man, because I believe they've got their World Cup coming up, which I think was delayed because of the pandemic, if I recall. Um, I'm more rugby union than rugby league these days. But anyway, I said I'd share some of the suggestions from our listeners. Certainly, there were lots of suggestions of people who are not William and Kate and felt they felt like it should be shared around a little bit more. So Jessica Wendy Moran says Sophie she does she does so much and deserves to be recognised more. History Hardy says Zara should get the rugby even though she isn't the working royal in tandem with her husband. Um, Bieberfall says they should get them back as in Harry and Meghan should get them back. Uh, Mike VC says stay with Harry and Meghan for now in order to avoid any criticism from Harry and Meghan fans for who got which patronage. Um, Calendula Flowers says any of the Magnificent Seven, but if it's too much for them, Eugenie and B. Christine Butner one says there aren't many to choose from these days. I'm there sure aren't. The will get it... their fair share. <laughs> well, they're essentially they're either elderly, like you don't want to put more on the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester and the Duke and Duchess of Kent, really, do you? Like they're no. They've no. got they've got plenty, they've got things that they are established doing and have been doing for so long. Um but giving them more seems a bit unfair. Um, Lizzie Bielamavic, sorry if I've absolutely mangled that. Um, Sophie should get national theatre. She is so poised and elegant. Um, so that's 
that's that's kind of that's kind of where we are but how we've talked about the kind of the desire for a slimmed down royal family is that now slightly coming back to bite them oh jk just in case edward should get the national theater camilla the acu which one's that association commonwealth Commonwealth university that's not a bad shout actually sophie president of the queen's commonwealth trust so we've not talked about anything extra for camilla could she take on some of this she could have the rugby football union she could do she could do and i think she might get one of the ref ones as well you never you never know i think there's there's got to be i think i mean a couple for camilla i reckon has she got anything military at the moment rifles took over the rifles uh from duke of edinburgh oh yes and that was oh, yes. the last time you saw him sort of uh, coming down the steps do you remember at Windsor oh, castle yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it did that sort of joint um that joint ceremony uh, yeah so they had a ceremony there and a ceremony so many yeah yeah so um so, so yeah i mean maybe yeah so you could, that could work that could work all right i i think i think it'd be great to have camilla in charge of the rugby she'd love it with oh. a glint in her eye no doubt genius thank you jk just in case you give me i mean association of commonwealth university is fine can you tell that it's the rugby that i'm excited about anyway right let's move on prince philip still in hospital um, yes. Susan says, um, can I have an update on Prince Philip? If he's really going to be okay per Prince William and Prince Edward, why did Prince Charles drive 200 miles to see his father and even tears, praying for the Duke of Edinburgh? So what, what have been the developments and what's, what, where are we and what do we Okay, know where are we? Well, so the last uh, update was on, what are we on now? Thursday today, the last update was on Tuesday. And that was uh, that we had were hearing from Prince Edward, who was interviewed by Sky News correspondent Rhiannon Mills. And uh, he was she was interviewing him actually about something about the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. I think the big anniversary coming up. And uh, he said that you know, I've speak, spoken to him recently and he was looking forward to getting out. Although he did say the, you know, the royal family are keeping their fingers crossed while he is in hospital now that was on the same day that the palace released a statement saying that he was uh, battling um an infection uh we don't know what type of infection he's had bladder infections in the past uh, over the last few years in and out of hospital uh, however they did say he is comfortable and responding to treatment so he's already been in what are we on now uh day nine Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's in nine days and he is going to be staying in for several more days. That is what the palace are saying. Now, one wouldn't want to judge you know, the, the health of a 99 year old. But unfortunately, when you're that sort of age, one infection can lead to another. And I'm sure that's why they are monitoring him very, very closely. Uh, no doubt. I think the, the, the language did shift from um, the first instance when we did hear about it on previous Wednesday when the uh, palace was saying he walked in unaided he had been ill for several days he went to hospital by car he was in good spirits he's a going precaution. to stay in a, in, yeah with an abundance of precaution he's in for rest and recuperation well I think we don't even need to read between the lines anymore that things are more serious than um perhaps one may have thought in the first instance, and I think that, yes, the palace were being cautious with their language, and that is understandable. However, um, it now does seem 
slightly more serious. Um, however, there is some good news that he is responding well to treatment. And I think that certainly when Prince William also earlier this week um, spoke to Arthur Edwards, the legendary Sun Royal photographer, Arthur asked him how his uh, grandfather was. And William said, um, you know, he's doing OK. They're keeping an eye on him. So um, it does look like he's going to be in for a few more days. And I think that that palace statement really does take them through to the weekend, possibly into next week. Um, how long can they get away with not uh, putting another statement out is, uh, is, uh, is up to them, really, isn't it? But there will be some uh, calls for another statement um, in due course. Uh, I, I, one would hope that we do get something at the end of the weekend, perhaps. But don't hold your breath. No, um, as William was out and about at um, Kings Lynn in Kings Lynn, uh, look, visiting a vaccination centre as the Royals continue their support for the vaccination drive. Um, so Prince Charles, though, he went and visited his yes. dad in hospital, which... Obviously, we totally understand why someone would want to visit their parent in hospital, but eyebrows were raised because he drove 200 miles to do it, which is, you know, currently we're still under the rules of essential journeys only. You're allowed to travel for work if you need to, or, you know, so Prince William's visit kind of to Kings Lynn kind of went under that, and he hadn't gone very far because obviously they're based up in Norfolk at the moment. Um, but... Yes. So well, I think so it's it, exceptional circumstances or if a patient is receiving end-of-life care, and we definitely don't know that at the moment uh, in regards to the Duke of Edinburgh. However, one would say that this does come fall under exceptional circumstances. The Queen's husband, the heir's father, um, being in hospital and, uh, and he's, anyone he's going to see his dad. And I would argue that certainly I have spoken to uh, doctor friends on this and who are uh, at different hospitals around the country and they are starting to let people come in and see their families whether the, you know whether they are receiving end of life care or not so it isn't necessarily completely out of the ordinary I know there was a lot of um, debate in the Twitter sphere around this during the week but I would definitely sort of temper expectations to say if you have a relative in hospital such are the uh the levels of COVID coming down in the UK that people are able to go and see their relatives. So I don't think it was too out of the ordinary. He didn't stay in London. He did return to Gloucester. Um, bit surprised we haven't seen any other uh, visitors at the moment. I would have presumed Princess Anne would may have gone to see him. Maybe that's on the cards. Uh, maybe she has, and and it hasn't been publicised. Um, so. Yeah, it's a it's a private family matter until it becomes a public one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I I tend to disagree in that there's a lot of people who have not been allowed or have you know purposely stayed away and kind of hospital visits are discouraged. I think at the moment and generally everyone. Well, I think the, I think the language to kind the, of stay quiet the, and on their own. The situation has changed recently. I'm really talking very very recently, and we're talking over the last couple of weeks. So. Um, I think that he was probably within his rights to go and see him. Maybe not travelling such a an extensive uh, journey, but this probably does fall under exceptional circumstances. So anyway, we wish the Duke of Edinburgh well. All of our best wishes are with him and the family. And um, as Prince Edward said, he is looking forward to, to getting out. I thought it was quite funny when Rhiannon asked him if he was uh, 
frustrated by the whole experience and no doubt Duke of Edinburgh didn't want a fuss he didn't want to go into hospital in the first instance he'd been unwell for several days before he was taken to hospital but had to be persuaded to by doctors and it seems now that uh, that definitely is the best place for him so fingers crossed we will um, be able to see him because of course he's only less than four months away from his uh, his big birthday which we may be in well we will be in a much better position one hope so um, with COVID, so we, we may see some sort of celebrations on the horizon. Fingers crossed. Harry and Meghan likely to come back for that? Certainly Harry will be. I think that Meghan is pregnant. I One would assume that she's five months, maybe even more, um, judging by the size of, uh, of her bump. And uh, I think reading between the lines of the the uh, the issues with the, with the previous court case that she had asked for a nine-month delay, one would assume that she's due sometime in the summer, perhaps even earlier. So I definitely don't think she will be travelling, certainly um, if it's, you know, even if it's on a private jet, you're, 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 she'll, she'll want to be near her hospital in the, in the US, and I think that's completely understandable. Harry will certainly do, I understand, do his best to be here. You've got the Queen's birthday, you've got Duke of Edinburgh's birthday, and um, Trooping the Colour, whatever goes ahead in that sense. I don't think we'll see a big balcony moment for sure. We might see a socially distant royal family gathering. Um, but also, 1st of July is a big date for him because of the unveiling of the Diana statue. So I think one of our, my colleagues had written a story about how he you know, that that is in stone, set in stone about him coming over to the UK for that. So it's only a week or two beforehand to the other celebrations. So one would assume that he will be uh, he will be here. Um, very quick question from Adrian Rutherford. Hello from Tennessee. Do you have any information on the Jubilee next year? I'm really interested in coming and hope that COVID will be under control by then. Let Yes, we absolutely all hope that for Adrian. So Just that we're any... getting an extra bank holiday. Oh, yes. Which come is for the... cause for celebration. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a Freudian slip there. You know, celebration, that sounds like, I would say, um, inebriation, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yes, anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's hope the pubs are open by then again anyway. I'm sure oh, we'll be talking Lord. about that again Gosh. in the in the months and weeks to come. Um, two quick things to talk about before we finish. Uh, the lovely pictures that Princess Eugenie and Jack shared that had been taken by their midwife of them with their new little baby boy, August Philip Hawke Brooksbank. What a cool name. I love it. Oh yeah, I think it's great. So August- It's so cool. It's like, it's just awesome. August, I love all, I love that. I just love everything about it. Hawk as well, but they actually well, it wasn't just picked out of a baby book. They all had, um, they were significant from great from grandfather to five times great grandfather. So yeah, I, I might was I, when I we were waiting for the name. I was like, oh yeah, surely it might be Philip. Eventually, it's going to be Philip. Yeah. Get a Philip in there. So they've got a Philip in there because one of William's kids has got Philip, hasn't he? As a middle name somewhere, and then yeah, he's yeah, gone. He's gone for. August rather than Augustus, which was the the Prince Albert original. But I think if anyone was called Augustus now, everyone would just be thinking of Augustus Gloop from Charlie and the yes. Chocolate Yes, yeah, August is an awesome name. Love it. Yeah, and then Hawk. Where's that one from? Is that from the Brooksbank side of the family? I can't remember. There was another. Yeah, they pulled it out. I'm trying to look it up. Uh, yeah, I should have been more prepared. Uh, Hawk is a Brooksbank family name. Yes, and Philip is on a review, Eugenie's grandfather, and August, August great grandfather, the Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, but yeah, as you just explained, August. So it's Somewhere a, like a Brinksbank family name. There we go. Yep. So I'm bloody, I'm bloody cool. I love it. It is very cool. Very cool. We like it a lot. And the pictures are absolutely adorable. I mean, Jack looked the absolutely as proud as Punch about life. And usually she looks like, you know, she's sort of taking care and fussing, fussing the both of them. It was all very sweet. So congratulations to both of them and good luck. Um, right. Now, one of the things that I think has been happening in the pen- pandemic is people have been having fairly lurid dreams. And our friend oh. Sarah, Brad- Sarah Bradbury made us all laugh this morning. And so I'm going to share it with you all as well, because let's face it, we could all do with a bit of a laugh at the moment. She says, I never dreamed. This was very odd. It was so vivid. So she said, morning, pod squads. I had a dream that I worked for Kate and Wills last night. Kate and William had a fight and didn't know I was there. Their fight was about her feelings for Harry and how she's jealous that him and Megan are having another baby. Then they left to get ready upstairs and Kate took a drink with her, came down and spilt it on a chair, clearly a bit drunk after drinking on an empty stomach. So I saw her scrubbing away and said to her that I would take care of it. I then messaged all of you the goss, but said to watch their body language at the royal event as something would seem off. I wanted to leave working for them, but you all told me to stay. So Tremendous. I mean... <laughs> brilliant we all need a drink i think we all need to get out the house oh, some proper sleep but what it it was actually really helpful because i had forgotten to add to the running order the brilliant um uh excitement of being able to talk about the velociraptor in the, at the end of the podcast so oh yes the duke of cambridge has hired a treasury cost cutter who worked with david cameron and george osborne during the austerity years so this is um William's new private secretary, Jean-Christophe Gray, um, who has a reputation as Whitehall's most assiduous bean counter, according to the Sunday Times' Roy Necker and Tim Shipman. So, yes, anyway, so it's going to be keeping an eye on the on the palace spending. and Bean counter. Bean counting. <laughs> so the, go on. Well, I know, I, I did like that... Uh, that um this reputation of being a velociraptor. He sounds very scary. Yeah, there's the Whitehall source thing. Because he was so mild-mannered, no one ever really noticed he was a Whitehall velociraptor intent Ooh. on kneecapping anyone who wants to spend money. Kneecapping? Oh, I don't, well, so anyway, getting a bit lively. Anyway, so um, apparently William and royal travel are the things that, you know, he wants to be able to do that in a in a in a good way and a source close to William said he refused some proposed official engagements if he felt they were not a justifiable use of public money Ooh. so anyway private secretaries are an important job Russell remind us what their actual job is well they're essentially the right hand man or right hand woman aren't they they are the the uh, uh, top advisor they are the link between the government uh, and to the royal family or the member of the royal family that they are representing. And certainly they have a very, very important job because the government of the day will be requesting that said member of the royal family goes and does a duty abroad. And sometimes you will read that, uh, you know, William and Kate or Charles and Camilla have been, have gone to a certain place on behalf or on the request of the British government. And that may be to do uh, something to boost relations, certainly in a post-Brexit world that has been very important and will continue to be very important on the global stage. Um, but also, to, you know, to, to, to strengthen old ties, whether that's with the Commonwealth or uh, relationships with uh, you know, cousins in, in far-flung lands. That we uh, that we do trade with and that we have long running associations with. So very very important job. Interesting um, appointment. Certainly Christian Jones, who had been filling in 
in that sort of acting private secretary role has left to go and work for to go, on, to, go on to work for a big hedge fund. Um, but he'd been the communications secretary beforehand. So this is certainly uh, shows you what a big job it is bringing someone of this uh, pedigree and calibre from government. So, um, so yes, we, we will, uh, we'll, we'll wait to see. Hopefully he's not slashing the royal travel budget too much because I, I'm definitely up for a, a royal tour or two. So, yeah. More Don't trains, be... fewer helicopters. Yeah, well, you know, more, well, more helicopters. Okay. Also, I just... <laughs> This helicopters, classic. You and Prince George, you were one of a kind. So I just thought one last bit. So uh, this is like all about the philosopher John Christophe. So anyway, one source recalled Gray's account of a date before his marriage with a journalist he met on one of the trips he'd been on with Gordon Brown. I said, it was going really well, Gray said. But then she asked me a question about council tax revaluation. So I asked her to leave. It's just like, <laughs> no nonsense, no messing. Anyway, right. Well, Russell, it's been a really newsy Oh my week. gosh, it's, it's, Not, it's, it's been I, a lot to been, talk about. It's been very, very busy. I mean, you know, baby, Oprah, Philip. I mean, it's, Double it's all baby. going off. Double baby. Uh, yeah, 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 and and we've we've had some lots of uh, lots of stuff going on. So lots and lots of stuff going on, and it means we've still got our, our nice interviews with exciting guests. Not that you're not exciting. Oh God, I mean, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, special guests. Not that you're not special. Special. Um, special. Yeah. Um, anyway, we have exciting interviews to bring you when we can fit them into the schedule. So we'll see what happens over the next week, and if there is a lot to talk about, then Russell and I will be back. But if there is a bit less to talk about, then we might share with you one of our specials because i'm very excited about them and i'd like you to be able to hear them very um, much so. so just make sure you're make sure you're subscribed so you get them um first up you can do that on the global player where you can also find all sorts of lovely uh, radio stations and other things or you can do them wherever you get your podcasts if you do podfollow.com slash pod hyphen save hyphen the hyphen queen that's long what? but anyway i know it's, it's on our twitter and our instagram yeah both of, both of them um and yeah we lo- as you can tell we love getting your um comments through and do try to share a selection of them both both those that agree with us and those that disagree with us because it's always interesting to try and look and and see what different people think about different things because you know russell and i we've got this we have we have this platform and we get to share our views but it's always more interesting when we get to share yours as well so do keep do keep sending us the messages and thank you to everybody who has contributed to this episode and previously thank you to dan jackson who's managed to keep us on the road over the last year a few lumps and bumps along the way but not too many internet went a bit wonky in the middle of this one so i started walking around the room to try and get it working again so hopefully being able to hear me yes i've been able to hear you although some people may say that's a uh, a disadvantage indeed But anyway, well, I will hope to hear from you again very soon, Russell. And yes. listeners, we'll be back with you before too long um, in one way, shape or another. So until then, stay safe, stay well. And until next time. Pod save the Queen!